Hello, and welcome to episode 1068 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, June 21st. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, it's been a long time. How you been? I know. I feel like I haven't talked to you forever. I just, you know. And this little Monday episode come out. If for some reason you downloaded it and it was the wrong episode, go ahead and re-download. That is good to go. Justin got on that fix real quick. So hopefully most of y'all did not have to worry about that. But some of you early downloaders, I appreciate y'all. And thanks for letting mm-hmm. us know. When in de- you know, Anytime anything like that happens, just let us know. We'll get it fixed right away. So way to be Johnny on the spot there. Uh, we're going to talk some news some couple rehabs starting somebody not going on the il then i want to talk about some sneaky standout studs and really want to get your thoughts on what can we expect in the second half of the season we're not quite at the halfway point or anything in fact it's kind of crazy because i feel like the season's been really going um for a while and it has obviously we're into late june but at the same time there's still a lot of season left, almost 100 games for everybody. But I still want to get your thoughts on these guys. Because there is so much season left, so much can change, so we'll get into that. But let's start with something that really shocked me. Manny Machado did not go to the I.L. I mean, yeah. I, I retweeted Kevin Acey yesterday, a beat reporter for the Padres, for the Union Tribune. He said, good Lord, Manny Machado just walked through the clubhouse walking perfectly normally. He said, no time to talk, too busy. He- and then Kevin comment says he's too busy healing, evidently. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible news. What do we make of it? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm still always a little skeptical when it comes to these type of things. I mean, you know, like Jason said, the, their initial report was like a grade three ankle sprain. But not um, from them. Not from them. I think you saw that yeah. on the internet there. Because then we saw, so, I looked up the other thing that we saw on our show yesterday, one to two sprain was a speculation by another injury person. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, clearly doing well enough where he's not in any sort of walking boot. Uh, he's not immobilized. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, they're in a dogfight in this division, and they're already missing their best player. In Tatis, can, I don't know that they can really afford to lose Machado for an extended period of time um, and keep up with you know, the now Mookie Betless Dodgers yeah. uh, and, and my Giants who are, uh, you know, trailing uh, them by three and a half games. So I think they'd love Machado to be able to play. And I think so the fact that they haven't put him on the IL, that they're, they say they're optimistic that he won't need to go on the IL, it's great. Question becomes now does CJ Abrams stay up? Yeah. Um, that's you know, the question for sure. Uh, went, I think, 0 for 3 last night uh, in the game against the Royals. Or no, not the Royals. Uh, uh, Dimebacks. Dimebacks. Um, Problem is he's done nothing uh, in the majors to like really suggest that he needs to be up. It's a small sample. I'm not burying him. I'm not out on Abrams. Mm-hmm. But he's not having that like fast start to his career where he can force his way in to be like, hey, I got to stay. He has a 52 WRC+. plus. Yeah, he still has so much talent. Of course, I mean, of course. But again, we talked about it yesterday a, so. about how he has limited upper minors time. I just personally don't think he's ready yet. So we'll see if they need him. Obviously, they have somebody at the ready there that they can give an extended shot to in Abrams to see if he's the guy. But they might not need to do that because apparently Machado has been doing all right. We'll see how the, it goes. We're the pressure is going to be on for Abrams. I mean, he's going to, yeah. you know, we thought that Machado was going to miss significant time. Uh, it's clear that he's not going to miss significant time, even if he misses the next few days. So 
he doesn't hit well, the next it doesn't days. seem like it I, I don't know i don't know how things could develop could could it really go south or do we think that this is inherently I mean, yeah. a good sign that it that it won't be i mean that things, bad? things can always go south right like you know all of a sudden like it swells up on them and uh but the fact that he's already walking around without a boot like is, is a That's pretty positive. good sign that things are gonna uh go in a positive direction yes. so um i assume they'll be careful with him for at least a few more days um and you know we'll probably hear you know reports about him testing it out or maybe even we'll see him like jogging or whatever on the uh, on the field later today mm -hmm. uh, so just kind of keep an eye on that um yeah kind of glad i didn't reserve him yeah, just in, in the in the league I got him in. So keep keep tabs on Machado uh, right now. Hopefully we get good news because having him out on the field is fun. He's just playing mm -hmm. his ass off this year. Max Scherzer going to return with a uh, or start a rehab assignment uh, to start working his way back. Nothing obviously actionable there. We we'll watch it. We put him in instantly. My question to you, I guess, is you know McGill will eventually be working his way back too. What do you think of David Peterson? He had a good outing yesterday against the Marlins. He's got his believers in the community. He has a 318 ERA, 135 whip, which is a little high. He walks too many guys. Do you think he's in danger of losing his job here once both guys get back? He doesn't have to lose it with Max coming back. Uh, but how do you feel about Peterson, and is he in danger once McGill comes back? Uh, he's probably in some sort of danger, um, I mean, especially with DeGrom working his way back too. So. Ooh. It's a oh sorry, Degroom is uh, I believe I've never name. figured out the pronunciation on that one. Yeah, I just, if it's a lower tier player, I just well, I don't really care, you know. With all I due mean, respect, obviously Trevor Williams is going to lose a spot in the rotation. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see them move into a six man. That's kind of what I was getting um, into with with the Dave Pearson thing. Do do they maybe because he's the, he's he's the lefty, and you know, do they want a whole uh, an entire right handed rotation? Uh, and Peterson, like you said, has been pitching well. Now, the caveat being the slider has been fantastic, and that's really been about it. Mm -hmm. um, and they were just going up against the Marlins, which are the worst team in baseball against left-handed pitching. Oh, wow. They have, like, they have like a 64 WRC plus against lefties. Well, there you go. Uh, so, I mean, he was like the stream of the day um, <laughs> or the DFS play of the day on one me some helped win me some money yesterday. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, it would be smart for them to keep him in the rotation as long as he's performing, especially because I think they would love to break up all those righties with the lefties. So my guess is they move to some sort of six man rotation. You know, the question becomes like, do you piss off Scherzer? Cause he's one of those guys that wants his spot in the rotation every five and days. That That's my thing. That makes me think that maybe they're not going to do a six man. It's maybe McGill doesn't like come that. back as a starter. Um, also, and, that, and that's another reason why I brought it up. I don't, as much as I like McGill, I don't know that he's just like locked, loaded, guaranteed to get that job back from Peterson. And that's why I use this Scherzer uh, rehab as a jump off point to talk about Peterson more. I love McGill and the skills are amazing, but this is already the second time he's been on the IL this year. And uh, he's a young guy. Do they just decide that, hey, we're going to give you a multi-inning relief role uh, in, in kind of the meantime uh, and protect you? I think right it'll now. depend how Peterson's pitching as McGill's working his way back. Mm -hmm. I think that'll kind of drive it. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, keep an eye on Scherzer. Once he's back, you're automatically starting him. And, and obviously, like, something else could, like, another shoot could drop. They've exactly. got Carrasco and yep. Tywin Walker, both guys that have been hugely injury-prone. 
And Bass uh, is 33. I hope he stays healthy and everything, but I, yeah. you, know, you just got to be honest about an older pitcher there. So, okay. Uh, the Mets got getting some guys back. Wander Franco uh, starting a rehab in Durham to work his way back. Now, he got off to a remarkably hot start. And, you know, they were running so fast around that victory lap track that I couldn't keep track of everyone <laughs> who was on there. But I got to be honest, that track's kind of empty these days. I, I don't uh, – I'm being a dick. <laughs> but, I mean, look, 270, 305, 421 with four homers, four steals. Nobody's upset about what they're getting. But the whole, like, this is why we took him early thing, we're not seeing that as much, and that's why you, you – I mean, honestly, like, jokes aside, because I know we talk about this shit all the time, but this is why you don't take victory laps in April. You will look stupid because he did look brilliant. 912 OPS, 313 batting average. Four homers, three steals. People, they shouldn't, but they were extrapolating that. And they're like, boom, nailed this pick. He hit 232 with zero homers and a steal in May. He played 25 games that month, too. It's not like he only played three games for Wander mm -hmm. Franco. So he gave it all back, and now he's, like, fine. And kind of where the people who didn't love him at his draft cost thought he would be, like myself. Now, he may mm -hmm. surge, and I will freely eat up an L if he steals 15-plus bases or hits uh upper teens homers because those are two metrics i didn't think he'd get toward i didn't think he had the fantasy goodness to be worth the pick that he was at it was all on batting average so that's where i was with wander i love the talent i hope he comes back and dominates what do you expect out of him once he returns from rehab he's had one up month one down where does he come out i mean i i kind of expect him to be that that middle road between the two like i I don't think he is going to set the world on fire in the way that he did in that first month. I also don't expect him to be nearly as bad as he was in May. Uh, so, I mean, you know, if he goes, I don't know, like eight, eight rest of the season with good batting average, uh, you know, probably a, you know, a good amount of runs scored for sure. I mean, this yeah. race team is just getting beat the fuck up. I don't know if you saw the Mark. O. Uh, yeah, uh, him and Kiermaier out now too. Yeah, I mean, they're that what are they gonna do? They already suck. Like that's the thing; they need him back so badly. We say with a lot of runs for Wander Franco, but is that even guaranteed with how shitty their offense is? We've heard Jason mm -hmm. lamenting on yesterday's episode that Bruhan was hitting fifth, and you and I have been very pro Bruhan. Neither mm -hmm. of us would bat him fifth. He's no. just been so overmatched as a big leaguer. You got to wonder if they're going to make a move. You know, we talked yesterday about maybe the Dodgers making a move for Michael A. Taylor. I mean, you know, you kind of wonder if Taylor would fit well in would. Tampa Bay at this yeah. point. Uh, or, you know, and, and then there was an article like literally like the moment we finished recording yesterday for MLB trade rumors talking about Michael A. Taylor and his trade value. That's awesome, um, though. We were on it. A lot of things yeah. that we hit on yesterday like came through right away, and that was mm -hmm. I love when that happens. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I like Franco as a player. Um, I think that some people take our uh, conservative nature on younger players as a slight, and that's not yes. what they're meant to be. Exactly, they're meant to be. We're playing it conservative because we just don't know who a player truly is until they're actually up at the major leagues, and even. Even after their first go around or two, like you don't even know who a player truly is. So, and we, um, and we take our gambles too. By the way, it's not like we absolutely. never take gambles. So I don't want to even O'Neill Cruz, like, baby. Yeah, like we were hot on him for a while. You know, uh, we were both on the Jared Kelnick train last year. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sitting here saying we're just ultra conservative uh, with with prospect picks for sure. And I took Bobby Witt in the fourth round. So again, yeah, 
like I'm not sitting here and being like I won't take rookies, but I thought Witt's speed upside offered more fantasy goodness than what Franco was doing. And to Witt, uh, no pun intended there, I actually seriously did not mean that, but he's got eight homers, 10 steals in uh, 64 games for Bobby Witt. So that's kind of why I was on him over Franco at that high level. But uh, I'm rooting for Franco. Like, I don't even care if it makes me wrong on, because I, you know, I had the whole article of like five guys I'm taking off my board and he was one of them because of his cost. And if he, if he beasts, that's fine. I mean, I like, will, I will eat. If, if he beasts, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take him out only, only because like I had him as like the 11th ring George, my 11th ring shortstop. And he was going off the board. as like the 10th ring shortstop. Like yeah. it just, was like right there with the crowd. I yeah, just, he was my tenth as well. I just wasn't willing to pull him up into like my top five or six, which some people were insanely doing. And I just, you know, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the L on other guys. I'm not taking the L on a guy that I had one spot below consensus. Yeah, I think I think that's that's totally fair there. So, uh, but Wander Franco working his way back. They need his offense so badly. They need much more though too. I don't think he alone can can fix the woes that that Tampa Bay has right now, losing both. Uh, uh, Kiermaier and Margot in the outfield. Now they just called up Josh Lowe, but they're running out of guys. I wonder what Rocco Baldelli's up to these days. Don't hear much from him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, what if I actually didn't know that he managed in Minnesota? They're like, does this guy not know? Uh, he, right, look, he looks great, by the he way. Looks like like he, I, I mean, look, I saw him come out and argue something the other day. I was like, holy shit, he looks like he, he looks like, like who's he's this in shape. Who's this player arguing? Was, yeah. Him, um, you know, he used to get injured all the time. When his just, body failed him, yeah. yeah. And like some weird shit too. Like oh, it was the, awful. What, the mitochondrial thing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a he's a what if type of guy. Like what if the body mm -hmm. had cooperated? All right, let's talk about some sneaky stud standouts. Um, each position, uh, all the offensive positions. I got one. I think I have two outfielders. Just guys that are still ranking really high at this point in the year and where you're at on them for the remainder of the season. And uh, a couple of these guys, the first two, I think, were on a previous episode, but it was 15 episodes ago. So I think it's okay to check back in on them, including this number one guy here, Jonah Heim, behind the dish. We talked about him back on May 10th. So it's been over a month since then. And in that time period, uh, I feel pretty solid about what he's done. Five homers and two steals, only hitting 212, but a catcher with five homers and two steals. That's still pretty good. Bottom line, his full season for Heim is still the eighth catcher. Um, they obviously, they run three catchers on the team right now, but only one of them can catch, and it's Heim. Sam Huff and Mitch Garver are brutal behind the dish. Garver, they've realized, is the DH when, when healthy, but he is on the COVID-19 uh, IL right now, so it's Huff and Heim. Heim plays most days and bats fourth or fifth, do you believe that he can remain a top 10 guy from here forward? Not finish top 10, but like be top 10 from today forward. I mean, I think he can. I don't know that he will. I think it's going to be kind of borderline. Um, right now he's got playing time, right? I mean, Garver's you know, on the IL, but Garver comes back. He catches a little bit. Huff catches a little bit. Uh, you just wonder if he's not going to get – the volume necessary. I wonder if Garver catches when he comes back then. Because they have Huff, you can have a three-man catcher rotation. Why? When Garver's terrible I, at catching. I don't I don't know why, but just like first it, base DH him. Garver's terrible at catching. Huff is terrible at catching. Yeah. Um, I mean, Heim should play as much as he wants. You would uh, think. I you would think, but you know, you obviously have to let 
the Rangers make their own decision in that regard. But I mean, I love the skills, you know, um, and I know like the, he's got like a 243 batting average. Like that doesn't like set the world on fire, 245 batting average. It doesn't set the world on fire, but when the league batting average for catcher is like 220, yep. um, that's actually pretty darn good. Like, so we'll, we'll actually take a 245 from a catcher when, when the batting average for, uh, around the league is that low. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was a, I think it was a good call at the time. I think it continues to be a good call. I think he is a borderline top ten catcher, rest of the way. Uh, and I think you definitely I, ride it out. You'd have to see like a, a pretty big downturn from Heim mm-hmm. to move off of him right now in two catcher leagues. And I think even in one catcher, you can still hold him. I will say, I think Garver is out of the picture. He hasn't caught since May eighth, and he hasn't mm-hmm. been on the COVID uh, IL that whole time. So there was plenty of time that he's he's mostly DH, and then Huff kind of gets one or two games here and there. Um, ne- never back to back for Huff behind the dish. So it's Heim's job. I think he can hold top ten. I think he can be top ten from from today forward mm-hmm. too. So uh, the sneaky steals. I don't know if we're going to get any more of those, but the two steals are definitely helping. He has eight homers on the season and the two forty five average you mentioned. So I like Jonah Heim. I'm sticking with him. Here's a guy. I the reason I was not in on Anthony Rizzo was mostly due to the guys going around him, namely Luke Voigt, who I have on quite literally every team. That said, I'm not going to use that as a cop-out to then suggest that, oh, but I did like him otherwise. I wasn't in on Rizzo. I had him ranked 15th, um, just fine. Like, fine. I, I got no problems with with any of that. But I was not super keen on him. Uh, that ranking will not uh, make me look too silly at the end of the year relative to everybody else. But Anthony Rizzo is absolutely beasting. You want to talk about sneaky steals? He's already got six on the year. Basically, he's already matched last year's work in about 300 fewer plate appearances. He went 22 and six last year. He's 19 and six this year um, in literally 194 fewer plate appearances. What's up with 32-year-old Anthony Rizzo and how real is what he's doing? I mean, I think he's just doing what we kind of expected him to do when he first came over to New York. Um, and when he disappointed last year, everybody was kind of just like, yeah, you know, he's old, he's, he's over the hill, he's done. Yeah. Um, and that was just a huge mistake. Uh, and Whoops. It, it's a bummer for me because I, in my head, I was like, Rizzo seems like a really great deal. And I just never ended up with him. Like, I, got him I, I got him, I think in maybe one or two leagues, something like that, oh. but I, uh, you know, I look at some of my teams and I go, oh, man, I would so much rather have, <laughs> you know, Rizzo than this guy or Rizzo than that guy. Like, you know, I'm rolling out Rowdy Telez, who's been fine, but I, I'd love to have Rizzo right here. Um, and yeah, I mean, Vo- Voight's a top 20 first baseman. And if you take out Tyler Stevenson, who's a catcher and you would never play at first base, he's 19th. And you got Telez at 17, but Rizzo's four. And they all yeah. kind of went around each other there. And he was pretty cheap in New York. And 32 is not ancient either. So it's a miss. Uh, I'm not taking like an L on it or anything. I'm just saying I, I wasn't on board for Rizzo. I was so yeah. heavily Luke Voigt. He's doing everything you need to do to take advantage of that short porch in Yankee Stadium. I mean, he's putting the ball in the air almost 50% of the time. He's pulling it over 50% of the time. Like, he's just... He's going, okay, well, I've got a short porch here. I'm just going to loft it over there and, and hope that it gets over. And it's it's absolutely working. You When you mix those two things with a 90% zone contact rate for a power hitter, like 
you're going to have a really, really good season. And um, uh, it's it's just like I said, just a bummer for me. He's not on any on more of my teams. Uh, but those of you who cast in on that kind of deflated price uh, after the struggles, you know, uh, in the after the trade last year, or just got to be loving it. I don't see any reason why it can't continue. Maybe no. not to this extent, but okay. Well, uh, let me ask you this then: Will he? He's, he's, he's fourth right now for Rizzo, so he's <laughs> got a you know good cushion to hold ten all to hold the top ten spot all year. Will he be top ten from today forward? Yes. Okay. I, I like it. I can get behind that too. I, I think I agree with you. I think Rizzo. He's on pace for almost 10. forty home runs. Like, His plate skills are beautiful. They always are. Yeah. Um, he has a two sixteen BABIP that you could see raising a bit and hel helping the two thirty eight batting average. But even if it doesn't, just the stuff that he's doing works. Now he is selling out for the power, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So that is cutting into the BABIP. So it's not going to just regress all the way back to the two eighty of his career. But he's selling out for the power. He's also got a 267 X batting average, which means he's gotten a little bit unlucky because of the, yeah. that low Babbitt. So, like, he could easily hit 250 rest of the way, 260 power, rest of the way with and power and four or five chip, yeah, chip in stolen bases. And yeah, um, Rizzo's a G, man. Like, he's going to have, you know, probably a 35 10 season. Um, and you, got him way later than you should have. That's crazy. And just Google Anthony Rizzo Kevin. Um, his dog is named Kevin, which is mm. hilarious. Um, and is a wiener dog. So yeah. That that wiener alone wiener. should have been why I drafted Rizzo. And I Yeah, that was I, a mistake. Yeah, because I mean, I've known about Kevin. I've known about Kevin from his cousin. Does doesn't Judge have one too? Yes. Yeah, I mean I, I really feel like shirts. you I've dropped the ball missed the Absolutely. opportunity to, you know, stack weird dogs. Yes, yeah. I discussed myself on that one. I would have two of the best players mm -hmm. um at fair prices too. Judge wasn't wasn't overpriced by any stretch and and Rizzo was a downright discount. So now, right, Judge, was, guy, Judge was overpriced in some my leagues, but um I mean well, it not, is an over and it's not it now, actually. but yeah. Yeah. What where was he going? That you felt that you went in the second round of one of my mains. I'm fine with that. I mean, it's easy to say now, but I, I was fine with that yeah. at the time. If, if I, I wasn't, I, and I'll take the L on Judge for sure. If, if we're taking L's today, I have no problem taking L on Judge. I thought there was a, a reasonable risk that he might not be able to play in home games. Um, there yeah, was, was the con COVID con or the uh, vaccine, concern yeah, for sure. Especially in those early drafts, he was completely off my board. Um, mm -hmm. So, because we didn't uh, know what the mandate was going to be in New York, yeah. and he was being cagey about whether or not he was vaxxed. Or How much like do they that. hate Kyrie Irving that they were willing to like change it like immediately for Aaron Judge, but not for Kyrie Irving? Right? He's like, probably that's, like, damn. That that's some bullshit. That's what it is. You're not Aaron Judge. I mean, Kyrie. Kyrie's a for those who don't know basketball. Kyrie is a G. Like he is a Judgian type player. Mm -hmm. So I mean, he's nuts though. Like as a person. Yeah. Oh no. But, absolutely. Absolutely floating out uh flat earth theories and shit and like, mm -hmm. and being like psych i might be kidding or i'm not it's like uh yeah he's not kidding like go listen to that podcast where he yeah. talked about the flat earth exactly stuff. Just, he, he talked about how like I, I i ride on planes all the time it looks flat to me while i'm up in the air i'm like oh shit oh my god <laughs> so dumb he went to duke folks obviously not for the uh academics yeah. <laughs> uh, Brandon Drury was the other guy I mentioned that we talked about back on May 10th, uh, you know, as a hot, hot hitter like Jonah Heim saying, hey, can this last? Uh, since then, he has he has maintained high quality. Brandon Drury has 
since May 10th, hang on, I'm getting the numbers. Uh, Brandon Drury is eight homers and a steal with 28 runs scored. 28 runs scored. That's really nice. 17 ribbies. That's because of Cincinnati. 258 average, 119 WRC plus. So he has maintained. Brandon Drury is still good. Um, and he actually ranks top 10 at two positions. We're using him for second base where he's fourth. And Brandon Drury continued to do this. He, he's, you know, now into June as a quality player. Um, the crazy part is that Drury actually, the underlying skills have gotten even better since we last talked. I love that. Uh, which is insane. Uh, we're talking about a guy with an 86% contact rate. Not a zone contact rate. His zone contact rate is almost 95% right for a power hitter like this, with yeah, Curry. and I mean, to the point where you start going, he, you know, the 258 batting average since you know May 10th, like is probably unlucky at this point. Yeah, like, he is just barreling the ball up. Uh, he's got a max exit uh, velo of 112 during that time. He's making a ton of zone contact, making a ton of contact everywhere, um, even outside of the zone. Uh, it you know plays in one of the best parks to hit in in baseball uh yeah you've got to think he's going to get traded and so the question becomes where does he end up and what kind of role does he end up i didn't think about that that actually Um, sucks dude maybe he's the guy that replaces ozzy albies in atlanta which would be a pretty pretty good landing spot for him yeah um but, Although I think Arcia, to go back to Arcia, I think they're they're kind of in a similar vein, though, right? Like late twenties guys with some real talent. I don't know if they would see that as much of an upgrade, but at least he would play. I, he I, wouldn't cost very much. Like that's, that's the true. thing. Like he he's a free agent at the end of the season, so wherever he he's does, end up, yeah, wherever he does end up, he's not like teams aren't like picking him up and having to like throw out like a major prospect to get him yeah so. i think you throw out like you know one prospect of, of some caliber mm-hmm. you know some some decent caliber like a minus low a guy. guy you know rookie yeah. ball yeah. guy type thing absolutely um, more of a project guy who three but four the perfect years guy ago. he doesn't cost very much and he's only making like 900k this year so uh like he, he's not going to cost the team getting him very much uh and he doesn't cost uh, much in terms of prospect capital. So I he's going to get moved at the deadline for sure. The question is where, what kind of you role. You say for sure, but the Reds are stupid. So The Reds are dumb. And they also have like 40 other players they need to move at the same time. So, I mean, there is, a, I guess, a chance he isn't. I, he I think should he, be, though. You're right. He, he absolutely should be. He should um, be. I, I get it. And when they have other players on that team that they can't trade their contracts... Yeah. Um, I mean, they pretty much just, you know, sent Shogi Yakama like back to Japan. Um, uh, you know, he was so. a miss for me. I liked him a lot. I thought he could come over and have a couple I, of years. I completely missed on him. He's like, just he, not, not there. But I, I'm with he, you on Drury. He should probably get, tra- I mean, not probably. He should get traded. We'll see if they trade him. But he's batting second every day in Cincinnati. That was an easy pickup for me in the main. I'll ride it till anything changes and it, he doesn't necessarily get traded somewhere where he doesn't play that is a possibility but you know you mentioned the albies opening if other openings happen he can play second third and outfield for jury so he could fill a lot of spots and hopefully he gets traded somewhere where they want to play him damn near every day i mean i would assume that he would get traded someplace where he's going to be used like teams don't tend to like just trade for depth especially when you're training for a guy this hot 
Um, the question becomes like, how much does he lose because he's leaving Cincinnati? Yeah, it just depends um, on what, what what park he goes to because Cincinnati's you know, a great place to hit. Like for instance, like he you know fifteen home runs um, on the X uh, home runs in Cincinnati. Um, the next highest uh, is Milwaukee with fourteen, but most of them we're talking about 10, 11 home runs in X uh, in X home runs. Uh, he has and eight that's expected at home, home, six on the road, but a 104-point batting average difference from 316 to yeah. 212. There is a big BABIP difference, too, but, again, that all goes to the park for Drury as well. So let's hope he stays in Cincy all year. You, Probably not you know going to happen. What, you know what the park he has would have his worst home runs in? What? Baltimore. Oh, yeah, because like that know, he park, a guy, and that, that park, park has, has just changed. Destroyed him this year. Destroyed I mean, righties. Just, um, like yeah, that's that's insane. Just, yeah, he's got a fifty percent pull rate. Like he, mm -hmm. he he's got that pull power. He's prototypical. Drury is with that prototypical pull, mm -hmm. pull power. So, um, yeah, that makes sense because of the way that wall has changed things. This guy does not have prototypical power. He has virtually no power. But Luisa Rise has been amazing and he does have three homers which is more than he had all of last year so it is worth noting he's got two steals he's hitting 361 443 439 yes his obp is higher than his slug and he has 74 runs 21 ribbies so there is the old empty batting average aspect to it without a doubt um but when it's that high of a batting average it's worth it he is eighth at third base can Luis Arise stay hot? He has a 390 BABIP. I will tell you, since 2015, 1% of qualified hitters have a BABIP 388 <laughs> and higher. The reason I use 388 is because that's what his BABIP was when I got in a big discussion about Arise. So 390 is probably even less than 1% of people. So that has to regress. But, of course, the question is, as Scott Pianowski would say, regress to what? What does Luis Arise do from, from here forward, Justin? Does he remain a top 10 player at any of the positions he qualifies at, which are first, second, third, and outfield? Mm, I think it's possible. I mean, no, the fact it's not. Shut up. He's, I mean, that batting average is so huge um, right now. Like, when the league batting average is 241. Mm hmm. He's in 360. Now, he's clearly not going to hit 360 rest of the way. But doesn't he kind of have to to be anywhere near a top 10? Because Probably. Yeah, he's you know, probably. Um, where, where was he last year? He was 36th at second base last year, uh, Arise was, and he hit 294. But he, he only played in four. He only had 479 plate appearances last year. He was 36th. Year, so. I think even if you give him another 100 plate appearances, yeah. how high can you really move him? He's empty batting average. And, like, he the is. big thing, if but you didn't see so it on Twitter, helpful on your team. It is, stuff. but you have to have a team construction to take it on. 21 ribbies, Justin. Do you know how many ribbies you need per spot to, like, really contend? So he's already eating up your best power guys, like, ribby surplus. So you already have to kind of see him, like, leeching off of that guy's power. So then the surplus of, like, a Pete Alonzo, if you have him – isn't even going to your bottom line. It's just getting you status quo to have a rise. So it's really hard. And this is why I, I don't like these guys without a team construction behind it. And a lot of people probably fell into a rise this year. Because Absolutely. Like he was going outside like the top 250. Like Exactly. And now you're starting was, him every like day. Yeah. I mean, 
he's he's the perfect reserve guy because yes. Plays he, everywhere. he is eligible at every position. So, like, you need less reserve hitters because if someone goes down, he's the he's the easy feeling everywhere for everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, yes, he he's playing over his head. Like, he's not at three sixty rest of the way, but like his XBA um, is three ten. Like, he's he's gonna hit. You know, probably three ten to three twenty rest of the way. Like, but and, but 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 that that drop like takes him from like the eighth third baseman probably down to like the the 30th though because there's nothing the to 30th stabilize at third base yes absolutely if he hits just 310 with with you know the rest of his stuff for for Luisa rise i think it takes him down to like mid 20s I, 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 I could see like somewhere lower. like you know 21 22 but i don't I, third base is bad I mean, it's, 21st it's third really baseman bad. right now is Ryan McMahon. Who would you rather have rest of the year, Ryan McMahon or Luis Arise? That, the fact I'm thinking about it is is a problem. The 30th um, third, I'll give you another one. 30th third mm -hmm. baseman just since returning. He hasn't even played all year, but in 38 games, Josh Rojas is already the 30th third baseman. Who do you want I rest love, of the year? I, I, love I know Josh you do. Rojas. That's why I'm challenging I'm, you. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Rojas. Did you see that catch from Rojas last night? So slick. Oh I, my god! I, I love him, man. Uh, and like I, I, I had to watch it like eight times just to figure out how how he held how, on. Did you put it in the corner right up? I, yeah, I let off with it. I was like, I still don't understand how he caught that. I mean, just for those who don't know, like there was a um, yeah, kind of a pop, pop up on down the third base line, um, and he goes running and slides for it, catches it in his glove, but then slides into the wall and drops it into his other hand. Yep. Like it just like he bumped it, into so he slid into it where it's like the little gate in front of the dugout and so his little his hand hit it and it was kind of snow coning out and then he put his his bare hand underneath. When he ran into that ball that uh, ran into that post that was so sick. It was yeah, it was unreal um like I just and I was watching it live because I I was I was playing the uh the late night DFS games um and Did you have uh, Cronenworth and, or Grisham going yard. I did not. I actually stacked uh, Angels and um, and Royals. Oh, uh, tit scratch got you, huh? Chris yeah. I, I mean, I ended up ended up uh, ended up catching. So okay, fine. You, you've they, been on they, fire, man. You've been playing thankfully really well. uh, to Hunter Dozier's uh, late home run. Uh, that was huge for me. Didn't, so. didn't he have a combo meal? He did, yeah, and he yeah, actually even got candy. caught on the, sto uh, 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 the stolen base. The Royals decided last night, like they, I think Mike Matheny was listening to the podcast, and he went, "Hey, you know what? These guys are right. We are a running team." And it was combined with another thing that Jason called out: the Suzuki Thor combo. So it was mm -hmm. the perfect marriage. Yeah, and uh, we didn't know that going in, or at least I didn't. Maybe I, I didn't. No, I, I didn't think about I it. I didn't either, think yeah. either of you did either. But we talked about both those things independently about how the the Royals weren't running as much, and then that the Thor Suzuki combo is the best one to run off of. Merrifield, Dozier, Benny Lopez yeah. all got stolen bases, and like you said, Dozier also got caught. So they were going. They were going, and Michael Taylor got picked off. So they were going. They were wanting mm -hmm. to do their damn thing out there on the bases. Finally, so um, anyway, 
got derailed a little bit there uh, with the Louis rise. I, I like him. And listen, you know, if you saw my Twitter dust up, Twins fans got really, really mad that I called him Stephen Kwan with 100 points of Babbitt. But that is that is literally who he is. That doesn't mean he's bad. That's the <laughs> that's, kind of player type that he is. That's super funny. <laughs> they get, they get, they're so mad. But that's exactly what he is. I hope he does well. I root for Louis rise, But let's be honest about what he is. The batting average will come down. Dansby Swanson, a longtime friend of yours. My boy. Uh, I always feel it's worth noting that the only reason you ever didn't like him was his price spiked up to like a top 10 shortstop. And that was yeah, always yeah, the People can stop thing. tweeting at me. Like, yeah. Like, is Justin going to take the L, L on Dan no. Swanson? I was just as high as the market was on him this year. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. This is an old thing that hasn't died because he had that one spike. And then going into that next season, I forget even what year it was, but he had a spike and people were going crazy over him. And you were like, no. But since then, you've been yeah, just with the 2017. Like, yeah, I mean, it's been a long like, time. So let it go, people. <laughs> you, you've been with the market. I was since. right. And uh, but he's having a brilliant season now. He was kind of a an accumulator last year, 27, 88, mm -hmm. nine uh, with 78 runs, 248 average. Solid season because he played 160 games. But this year, Dansby Swanson is at nine homers, 11 steals and a 293 average so far. He has been killing it he's the third shortstop behind trey turner and tommy edmund can dansby swanson keep this up is this a full-scale breakout season um i don't think so uh i mean i love the fact that he's running like he's if you had told me prior to the start of the season he was going to steal 11 bases on the year i would have been like hey that's nice that's Double fine yeah, that's, i'll take that's that just, uh, yeah that's no. a full season mark for him um, yep. that's the a fact career high by the way yeah, the fact he's got 11 already uh, is just fucking gravy. Um, Dustin, can I so throw in something else, though, too? He had two only in April with a 644 OPS. He was probably – Swanson was probably getting cut in a bunch of – He was. As well. we, I'm sure we talked about him as one of the struggling guys early on in the season. Had if, not, I, uh, if not, we I talked about him um, uh, on different podcasts because I, I there were people who were asking Shall him, should I – Shallowing drop candidates episode 1043 on go. April 22nd. We talked about, yeah. about cutting him because he'd been terrible. Yeah. Uh, that being said, like uh, the, the 293 batting average, um, yeah, I think it's fraudulent. I mean, he, he's striking out um, at the highest rate of his career uh, and the zone contact is only 80%, which is, you know, a fair amount below league average. Um, I, so I think the batting average is going to come back to earth uh, as the batting average comes back to earth, probably won't run quite as much. Um, I wouldn't be surprised like though, if he like the end of the season line looks like, you know, 275 um, and like 25, 20 almost, or maybe yeah, 25, 17, something like that. Like, that it'd be really a fantastic Swanson. season. Um, like, and so yes, it is is the levels at which he's doing what he's doing unsustainable. I do believe so, but that doesn't mean he's going to be bad um, rest of the way. Uh, because the biggest issue with Swanson, you know, prior to the 2020 season, um, was health, uh, and he, you know, he really had a hard time staying on the field. Um, and he couldn't accumulate in the way that he has uh, now the last two and a half seasons. So um, because it seems like he has gotten past those issues, 
Like, there's no reason to think like he's not going to be on one of the best teams in baseball and accumulate a ton of statistics. So, yeah, I'm I'm in on the Dansby Swanson thing. I believe it, and I will say. So, looking at that, you know, we we talked about him as a shallow league drop. The guys that we recommended picking up are Jeremy Pena, Tyro Estrada, and Jorge Mateo. So, looking at that group since April 22nd, obviously Swanson has been the best. So, if you dropped him. You, you lost on that one, no matter who you picked up. But all three of those pickups were not bad. Um, nine homers, 11 steals, and a 330 average. All nine homers and all 11 steals have come since that episode Yeah, for Swanson. But Jeremy Pena has seven and six with a 270. Uh, Tyro Estrada has three homers, seven steals, and a 272. And Mateo is only hitting 190, so that definitely hurts. But he has 14 steals. Yeah, he's got an unreal amount. So, you know. You'd be bummed about dropping Swanson, but it wouldn't have been stupid to cut him in a 10 based on what he was doing because there were viable pickups, and now he's just beasted. Um, and that's the thing, and we talk about this all year. When you cut guys in 10s like that, you're not saying that they're done and that they can't do anything. You're saying, I can't hold them right now. They might mm-hmm. come back around, but I can't do it. I got to move. I got to go get somebody who's performing. So uh, he did come back around, though. Congrats to Swanson. Last guy we're going to talk about. I didn't act on it, so I'm not taking any credit for it. But late in draft season, I had an inkling that maybe the hate had gone too far on Adelise Garcia. And like I said, I only moved him up so slightly in my outfield that it it didn't get him anywhere. It didn't matter. It was just more of a gut thing that I'm like, maybe that's a power speed guy that's going to play every day because he has great defense. I didn't act on it. I wish I would have. I think the market did go too far. We were kind of collectively out on him, mm-hmm. which I was impressed by. Usually, especially with power speed guys, there's somebody out there willing to kind of pay the full freight for somebody who went 31-16 the year before, just as um, Adelise Garcia did. But that wasn't happening. And yet here he is, 13 homers, 11 steals, 253 average. Can't go wrong with what Adelise Garcia is doing so far this year. What do you think about him, and where were you on him in draft season? Um, he was a guy that I was somewhat fading just because of a high-risk profile, but I ended up getting kind of late in drafts because of exactly what you were saying. He was he was just going so late. He was Pick worth the gamble. And I figured at worst he was going to steal bases. Yes, like 20 in- steals for pick 200. You, you take that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I did end up with him in a couple spots. It's so hard to make uh, what he is. Like, it just, I I don't quite get it. Like, he's in 253, but he's actually getting unlucky, right? His his XBA is uh, 273, so 20 points below his, uh, or uh, above his actual BA. And I, I think that's his work against lefties, where mm-hmm. at least Garcia is hitting 203 with a 244 Babbitt. I think he probably deserves some better luck there if he's hitting the ball well against them. But he's also got a 77% zone contact percentage and a 17% swing strike percentage, which tells me like he should 17? be. Yeah, like he should have like a 35 to 40% strikeout rate. Uh, yeah. um, and he's actually has cut his strikeout rate this year. So, like, not a lot of what is going on with him makes a ton of sense. Um, so, I, I mean, I think with a guy like this, um, he reminds me kind of of um, kind of uh, not at the prime, but just over the prime of his career, uh, Carlos Gomez. Gomez. I knew it. I knew it. And like where there's still power, there's yep. still speed. Yep. 
but they're going to be huge ups and downs. That's exactly the comp. I completely um, agree with it. And so you just got to be able to ride with those. He's one of those guys that I think in in head to head leagues, he's super super frustrating because he's yes. going to win you as many weeks as he's going to lose you. Uh, but in roto, uh, you go, hey. I'm just going to put him in there, close my eyes, and then check at the end of the season. And, I mean, if if, if we had been told, like, that he was going to be halfway through the season, we're not even halfway through the season, and have 13 home runs and 11 stolen bases, you'd be like, I'll take that any day. Like, screw at it least. if it comes with a 220 average. It's come with a 253 average, and, X, like I said, XBA is 273. Like, if you drafted Adol- uh, Dolores Garcia, like, you should be like over the moon right now. Like yeah, anything you, you can, else you, you can get on top of this is, is gravy. Like yeah, you can hit a little back pad on that one because yeah, if I t- if you had told me that he's going at least fifty picks higher, if not eighty picks higher, up at like one twenty, if you if you guaranteed me those numbers, I'm probably taking him over Miles Straw, who went pick one twenty. You pretty much where you drafted him for. You needed him to produce what he has already produced. Yeah, a double double was all you were looking for. And you've already got yeah, it. Now you've you're already your got pace. it. Yeah. You're on your way to like 22 22 type deal <laughs> with uh, Adelise Garcia. So hats off to him. You know, he could still have a, a second half fall off the way he did. But even with the second half fall off last year, he went 31 16. So they're letting him play because he has sparkling defense. And it was the defense that even led me down the path of maybe we're going too harsh on this guy because, yes, the bat is a disaster. Sub 300 OBP has has carried over this year but what's texas gonna do not play him like who they got and now um freaking charlie colberson didn't he run into eli no, white he, yeah eli white is done for the year yeah um, i think jason leotis uh, Tavares. uh he i mean he's up um but like i, I don't think he's a real threat I mean, they clearly do not like leotis Tavares. like he was uh being stuck in the minor leagues until Eli White got hurt. So uh, I, I think Garcia's going to play no matter what. I think they're just going to yeah. give him a lot of run. Um, they trade him, though? He's 29 years old. Do you think Adelise Garcia could get traded? Uh, I mean, he could. The question becomes, let's see, when does he become a free agent? He's not a free agent until 2027. So I True. know he's 29. Yeah, he's a random so, I mean, he could get traded because, like I said, he's – He's 29, so he's you know he's going to be 30 uh, at the beginning of next season. Like, is he going to be a part of the next great Rangers team? That's what I'm thinking, right? And here's my only, my only reason I think he might not is the Rangers in some way are now the American League version of the Rockies, <laughs> which they have no idea what they're doing. Because they think their next great team is coming up very soon. Yeah, now, we we all we all look at it and we go, "Your next great team." Like, like I don't know if Corey Seager is part of the next great. Oh come on, Rangers I mean, team. Um, so like, is Adolis Garcia? Like, no, I don't think Adolis Garcia is, but I think they think he could be. Okay. Well, they might not trade him. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's anywhere near as tradable as Drury in terms of like a must trade type of thing yeah i mean i think i think um i think teams are much especially teams looking for center fielders are going to be much more likely to go after like michael a taylor um or other guys uh because i i think if they do trade garcia they would need to get a lot 
And I just don't know that teams are going to want to pay a lot for a guy with his contact skills um, that's already 29. Yeah, that's true, too, because, like, if you do have him for that long, are you going to commit to, like, making him, like, a fourth outfielder type? If you're a team that's buying that is better than the Rangers. So, we'll see. I don't think he gets traded. Let's let him play every day. Just kind of ride this out. They found him off the wire and just see just see what we get, you know? I think that's kind of the way to play it with, uh, with Adelise Garcia. But as far as fantasy for this year, set it and forget it right now. Unless he has a big yeah. fall off. To where he's just hurting you too much. There's enough power and speed you've here. Already, you've already like profited like pretty much. Like it's yeah. Like I'd have to run the actual numbers, but my guess is you're pretty darn close to having profited where you got him. Oh yeah. Again, I mean, let me see. I, I don't know what the dollar value to uh draft it is, but let's uh let's do 22 22 year to date. Let's see what he's returned in the outfield for Garcia. At least, I mean, he's the fifth outfielder. That's insane. I mean, yeah. Like, just, yeah. yeah. So That's I don't even insane. know if we have to do a dollar calculation. No, I, I mean, I think, I think you're doing pretty damn well right now. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap it up for some stud, sneaky stud standouts. We'll I'll be talking pitchers on Friday with uh, if your rankings are ready to go. If not, we'll find something to talk about pitcher base, but it might just be your rankings versus mine. But uh, anyway, back-to-back episodes. Had a blast with you again, and we'll talk again on Friday. Take it easy.